start this third session. <clears throat> um, this is how the, the, uh, God speaks to us or guides us and leads us through the Holy Spirit. I just want to remind you before we read a little part of Hebrews chapter 1 again, that God speaks through the prophets. That's what we've already covered. And he speaks uh, um, through the gifts of the Spirit. He speaks sometimes by through an audible, uh, direct audible voice. Fourthly, that it's, uh, sometimes it's an inaudible or indirect or inner, an inner voice. And then we were looking at also that God speaks through visions. And uh, we pick up today on the sixth way that God speaks to you. But I'm going to just read this little portion of the Word of God again in uh, Hebrews chapter 2. chapter two, And it says this in verse 4. God also testified to it by signs, wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. So we're looking at how by the Spirit of God, God brings revelation, guidance and direction to us, speaks to us about life and how we live and what we should be doing, etc. The next, the sixth reason, way that God speaks is that he speaks through dreams. Uh, <clears throat> dreams have always played an, a vital role in uh, God's dealing with his people. They actually say that... Uh, <clears throat> One third of the Bible would be missing if we removed every instance of dreams from it. I don't know how true that is, but I've heard that said so many times. At least one third of the Bible would be removed if we it would be missing if we removed every instance of a dream or dreams from it. But dreams are one of the consequences of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Remember in Joel chapter two, verse twenty-eight, and in Acts chapter two, verse sixteen where it says that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And it, it says that about dreaming dreams. So dreams are one of the consequences and God speaks through dreams. Uh, some examples of that, Nebuchadnezzar's dream in Daniel chapter 4, Daniel's dream in Daniel chapter 7 verse 1, King Abimelech in Genesis chapter 20 verse 3 onward, how the Lord appeared to, David, to Jacob in a dream as he fled from Esau in Genesis 28. And J Jacob learned how to prosper uh, in Genesis chapter 31, verse 10. Uh, Joseph's call to a far country, uh, as we read of in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. The wise men were warned not to return to, to Herod in Matthew chapter 2, verse 12. And Joseph knew when to return to Nazareth, as we read of in Matthew chapter 2, verse 19. So God speaks through dreams, and then he also speaks through trances. <clears throat> trances are very much like visions, as I said, visions are very much like trances. Uh, but it says in Acts 10, 10, that Peter fell into a trance, and he was told to go to Cornelius' household. In Acts chapter 11, verse 15, Peter explained what had happened regarding Cornelius' conversion. Um, in Acts 22, 17, Paul, it says... Paul was praying in the temple and he fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking to him, quick, leave Jerusalem immediately. So God speaks through trances. And then eighthly, God speaks through circumstances. I touched a bit of that through Balaam's donkey in Numbers 22 verses 23 and 24. Uh, the angel with the sword. 
God was trying to catch his attention and speak to him through the circumstances there. And sometimes God arranges circumstances in order to tell us something, like he did with Joseph being, Joseph being sold into slavery. He was able to see, say to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And uh, read Genesis chapter 50, verses 19 and 20, and you see how God, God was in it all. He arranges circumstances. Paul going to Malta en route for, to revival. There was a shipwreck, uh, Acts 27. And if you have, read from verse 1 right through to chapter 28, verse 10, if there hadn't been those circumstances of the shipwreck, there wouldn't have been the touch of God in, on those in, in Malta. And then we move on quickly. I'm having to rush. I know this, but I'm trusting you will go and study these things for yourself. But God just speaks to people, ordinary people, sometimes from leaders and pastors, and sometimes just through fellow believers. But let me just touch the thing of, of leaders or pastors. It says this in Hebrews 13, 7. Consider your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. God's leaders speak God's word. And we can get direction and guidance if we pay attention to what's been preached on a Sunday. Uh, well, when we're listening to uh, audio or video type, vision type messages, God can speak to us through the leaders in the body of Christ. In Acts 2 verse 37 to 39, it says that after preach, Paul, Peter preached at Pentecost, God spoke. In Acts 13 50, 35, Paul and Barnabas taught and preached the word of the Lord. Numbers 9 uh, tells us, if you read from verse 15 to 23, but I'm just picking at, at uh, one part, it says, at the Lord's command through Moses. So God speaks through his leaders. So listen when they pastors are preaching or teachers are preaching and listen when they're counseling. And then he speaks also through fellow believers, giving advice and counsel. Proverbs eleven fourteen gives us some really words that we need to take to heart. It says, for lack of guidance, a nation's falls, but victory is won through many advisors. And so sometimes God speaks through people giving us counsel and advice. Proverbs fifteen twenty two says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs 24, 6 says, surely you need guidance to wage war. And victory is won through many advisors. So God speaks through natural conversations, not only counsel or advice or leaders, but just through natural conversations. You're asking God, God, what, what am I to do in this situation? How am I to handle it? What, what, what course of action should I take? And then you're having a conversation with somebody and suddenly you just get that in your spirit. From it, They say something, you say, God, it's like God says, that's it. So... Just a word of caution, though. Check it out with your oversight when you get guidance or counsel or uh, through natural circumstances. Find someone on the leadership you can really trust. And I mean really trust. And I want to say this carefully. Many people claim to be faithful, to be trustworthy. But a faithful man, the Bible says, who can find them? So you've got to be very careful who you really do trust in these kind of areas. I, 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 I'm 50-something odd years of ministry now, and I want to tell you that I can, the number of people I really can honestly trust, that they really are for me, and they, they're really all out for God, 
I can almost count them on one hand. It's slight exaggeration, but you know what I'm trying to say. All right, so check things out. And then sometimes put, 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 oh, God speaks to us through our parents. In, in Ephesians 6, 1, it says, Obey your, your children, obey your, your children, in the, your parents in the Lord. Now, I know that more than likely that's talking about physical parents, uh, but it can also be spiritual parents. So obey your parents in the Lord, for this is, I think it's, 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 it's good. Um, the tenth way that, that God speaks is through songs and hymns. I, I want to read this to you in Colossians chapter 3. Um, let me just try and find that quickly. Colossians chapter 3. I think you know this portion of scripture pretty well, but let's read it together anyway. He says in the 15th verse of Colossians chapter 3 that um, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. And then he says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And I'm going to just turn back to Ephesians chapter 5 here and, and read a few of these verses that have to do with songs and hymns, when he says in the 17th verse, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms. Speak to one another, not just to God. Speak to one another with Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to the name of our to, to God the Father for everything in the Lord, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So sometimes God can speak to us through songs that are being sung. And I'm wondering when the church will get back to where we sing people are singing songs from God, messages communicating God's will for our lives. But moving on quickly, the 11th way that God speaks. He speaks to the theophanies. And those are, those are like uh, physical appearances. And I, I've got, I just put down a couple here. In uh, Exodus chapter 19 and verse 9, uh, where God speaks to Moses, he says, I'm going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear you this me speaking with you. So God comes in a dense cloud. There's a theophany. And the people then know God is speaking to Moses and wants to speak to them. And Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, Heaven was opened and the Spirit of God descended like a dove, a theophany, and lighted on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son. So God speaks through theophanies. You can read for yourself in 2 Peter chapter 1 as well. Um, 
me see if I can just pick that up quickly. 2 Peter chapter 1 and the 17th verse, I think it is, that I'm looking for. Uh, 17 verse 17, it says here, For we, he received honor, this is talking about our Lord Jesus, he received honor and glory from the Father, from God the Father, when the voice came to him from the majesty, the majestic glory, saying, This is my son. He says, We ourselves heard the voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you'd pay, do well to pay attention to it, as a, to a light shining in dark, a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all else, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came from by the prophet's own interpretation, for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And then it talks about false teachers and false prophets. And then we move on to the twelfth one, the way that God speaks. He speaks through angels. To me, it seems like we've lost the supernatural much of the supernatural expectation that we we see revealed through the Word of God. You look at angels in Acts chapter ten, verses twenty, verse twenty-two, verses thirty and thirty-one, in Acts chapter eleven, verse thirteen, in Acts chapter twelve, verses seven to ten, Acts twenty-seven, verse twenty-three. In the storm, Paul actually says, "Last night, an angel came to me and, and told me." that nobody's going to perish. You read that in Daniel chapter 9, verses 21 and to, through to 24. Angels come and speak. They even spoke to Peter saying when they released uh, him from prison, etc. Quickly moving on, the 13th way that God speaks is through nature or through creation. All of creation actually speaks on behalf of and for God. All of creation. Psalm 19 verse 1 to 4 says, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord or God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. So the heavens declare. The, sky, the skies proclaim. Day after day they pour forth speech. Creation, speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, the words to the end of the world. So God speaks without it being a voice that you can hear, but God speaks. Creation always assures us that God cares for us, that he's always in control. The four seasons, day and night, all the things that take place, that God's got under it all under his control. He holds the whole of creation together by the word of his power. That he's strong enough, wise enough, that he cares for the birds. Even a sparrow can't fall out of the sky. I read that in my devotions this morning. That we're worth more than a whole lot of sparrows. He cares for the birds. He cares for the flowers. Look at Matthew chapter 6. All of creation, but all of that is telling us if God cares for that, how much more us that are made in the image of God, those that Christ died for, shed his blood to reveal the love of God and care for God. You know, Matthew 10, 30, actually, and Luke chapter 12, verse 7, actually tell us that 
God knows how many hairs you lost this morning when you were brushing your hair. He knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows when some go missing. <laughs> what an amazing God. And then in Romans chapter 1, I'm going to try to read that to you quickly. Romans chapter 1 verse 19 and 20, it says this. Since it says that wicked men suppress the truth by their wickedness, since that what may be known about God is plain to them. What, what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. Ah, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. So all of creation, God speaks through, tells you, I made it all so you can enjoy it. I made it all and I gave you authority to subdue it, to multiply, to rule in it. It's all for you, for your pleasure, and yet it all belongs to me. And one day you'll give an account of what you did with all that I provided for you. And then again, moving on quickly, God also speaks through animals, as we saw in Numbers chapter 22, verse 32. And then he, coming to the 14th way that God speaks, through supernatural phenomena. By that I mean like the finger writing on the wall in Daniel chapter 5 right through to chapter, uh, verse, verses 5 and 6 and to verse 28. Uh, when, like in Exodus 31, 18, when God, it, this, the, it says the tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God, where God wrote the commandments. And then one that I'm not too sure what to say about or how to quite handle this, but it's, it's in Scripture, so I'm going to mention it, the sacred lot. Uh, in the Old Testament, it talked about the Urimen and Thummim. You can read about that in 1 Samuel 28, verse 6. But we see that happening in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 1, verse 26, in the replacing of Matthias, of Judas with Matthias, it says, Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, so he was added to the eleven. Um, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 33 says, The lot is cast, but its very decision is from the Lord. In Proverbs 18, 18, it says that it talks about casting the lot, settles disputes, and keeps strong opponents apart. So, casting lots, God speaks through that, directs, guides, shows choices of whom he, whom he chooses, and sometimes just keeps people apart from destroying each other. And then, of course, moving on quickly to the 16th way that God speaks through common sense. And you can read for yourself in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through to 7. Common sense. God has given us a brain, a mind, experience. And while we're not to trust, we're to trust in the Lord with all our heart and not lean unto our own um, understanding, God did God has given us a brain. We don't need to be to pray about supporting our families. We don't need special guidance about that. While the Bible does tell us we're to look after our families, and if we don't, we're worse than the heathen, but common sense tells us you're to look after your family, look after your children, care for them, clothe them, feed them, help them to be wise in their choices, bring them up in the nurture of God, uh, paying our debts. Common sense says if you don't pay your debts, you're going to be in trouble. Whether we should look after ourselves, feed ourselves, exercise, uh, 
read for yourself. Well, I'm going to read this little this to you because it's so important because uh, it makes so much of what I'm saying so much easier to, to, to live by and work out. You take your Bibles and read with me. We're going to read Psalm 37 and we're going to read the first uh, seven verses. I love the first six verses. I love this psalm. Well, I love all of God's word, but these are special things when you when you let God speak into your heart. Psalm 37 says this. Do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who are wrong, who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Listen to this. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. I love this. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. If you delight yourself in the Lord, if you love him, if you praise him, if you worship him, if you want to serve him, if you put him first in life, if you're all out for God, delight yourself in the Lord. His ways, his works, his wonders, everything about him. He says he will give you the desires of your heart. So how does he do that? The way I, when I look at the word of God, what it is, is that he, it's God that works in me both to will, to desire. So God puts his, his own desires in my heart for my life. And I, did, and I desire them. They're not hard to do. That's why he says to do God's will is not grievous. So delight yourself in the Lord and he, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And then it goes on to say, commit your, your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause, like the noonday still. Now, son, I'm going to read the seventh verse. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their way, when they carry out their schemes. And so it goes on. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. They just become common sense, but they really are the spirit of God working in you. Uh, natural choices, God inspired, God led choices, his leading, his guidance all come out of that. Then there's the 17th way that God speaks to us. Very important one as well. And that's called the peace of God in our hearts. In Colossians 3, 15 and 16, it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. In Philippians, uh, let me just make sure I've got this right here. Uh, Ephesians, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it says that, And the peace of God will guide your heart and mind through Christ. So, if we're thinking about doing something and we don't get the peace of God in our hearts, it's best not to do it. Or at least wait until you get the peace. And if you don't get that peace, don't do it. Sometimes you can have the, the right movement, but the wrong timing or the wrong moment. By this, I don't mean that you should just do nothing. Uh, we, that we can't move forward if, unless we have total and perf perfect peace. But if you're unsettled, you're really agitated, then don't move. It's generally God saying, don't do it. But if it's just this, you don't really feel totally at peace, move forward slowly. Just the small little steps. Gently move forward. But if the peace doesn't come as you move forward, stop. Remember the man who led me to Christ 
telling me once when I didn't know whether I should go back from Zimbabwe back to South Africa, uh, people were kind of hanging all sorts of things over me, threatening me, if you, if you go back, you're out of the will of God, you'll be a traitor. And I remember telling Mr. McFarlane, I don't quite know what to do. And he just told me, move forward slowly. If you get peace, you're on the right track. If you don't get peace, as you move forwards, stop. He added another thing. He said, you know, most every other thing that you do, if you make a mistake, God can redeem it. The one that creates the biggest problems is if you make the mistake and marry the wrong person. The ramifications of that are pretty difficult. But most things God can undo even if we mess up. Another, the 18th way quickly, of fleeces. As in the case of Gideon. I don't think this is too wise of uh, way of guidance, but it's in the Bible, so I'm mentioning it. You can read it in Judges chapter 6, verse 36 to 40, where uh, Gideon actually said, put out a fleece. He said, oh, a fleece, a literal fleece, sheep's uh, skin, said, let it be wet and then he let it be dry. Uh, twice he put out a fleece, saying, God, if this is you, should do this for me and I'll know that it's you. So sometimes we may have to put out a fleece and say, Lord, if you're in it, you'll just open the store for me or you'll shut it. And uh, this is one I, I'm scared to mention, but I'm going to put it there because I'm not too sure whether this was clairvoyance, which is forbidden in the Bible, or whether it really was God speaking. The 1 Samuel 9, 15 to chapter 10, verse 9, uh, with the, going to the witch and then Samuel appears. And, and says, speaks to uh, the king. I'll leave that with you. <laughs> I don't recommend it. I uh, just want to be faithful to scripture. So we can't dictate or demand how God speaks. But we can be sure that he will. And he does. And uh, while I might prefer him to do it, to speak in, in, in different ways to the way he does, at the end of the day, he is the one who chooses which way he will speak. And he chooses it because he knows he wants to teach us to walk by faith. So I'm going to have to start this, carry on with this in a fourth little part, which will be very, very short. God bless you.